data. Data is everywhere. Where is it going? What does it mean? Nobody knows. Well, maybe those who earn their MS in business analytics know. And businesses in all sectors need help in interpreting and using all the data surrounding us. Sound good? Today, I'm speaking to CMU Tepper's Director of Master's Admissions about its Master's in Business Analytics program, which is available in an online part-time format and a full-time in-residence format. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 510th episode of Admission Straight Talk. Thanks for joining me. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to mention a resource at Accepted that can help you prepare your statement of purpose to data analytics, Masters of Science and Business Analytics, or any other master's program for that matter. Download Five Fatal Flaws to Avoid in your grad school statement of purpose to learn how to avoid the five most common mistakes we see in graduate school statements of purpose, as well as how to write a statement of purpose that makes your story memorable and highlights your qualifications for your target programs. Download this valuable resource. It's free at exhibit.com slash 510 download. Again, that's exhibit.com slash 510 download. Our guest today is Carrie Calvario. She is the director of master's admissions at Carnegie Mellon Tepper School of Business. She earned her bachelor's in English literature and a master's in education. She joined Tepper in 2014 and has been there ever since. Carrie, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to speak. Wonderful. And I'm delighted to speak with you today. Now, let's start with a really basic question. Mm -hmm. We're going to focus on the master's in business analytics programs at CMU Tepper. What are they? Can you provide an overview of both the full-time in-person option and the part-time online option? Yeah, happy to. Thanks for the, that first question. So the Tepper School, as any school, is always looking to diversify. We're looking to grow. You know, our MBA program is our has been our flagship program, but I think one of the really great things about Tepper is we're always looking to innovate. We're always looking for, you know, what's, what's relevant. And so with lots of conversations with employers, with alums, we found that there was this need for professionals who have not only advanced analytical skills, but then the, the, the ability to combine that with a business sense and be able to communicate those business needs, to be able to convince about business needs. So the, the Master's of Science and Business Analytics program was initially born as our part-time online version, which still exists to this day, but it was born out of that need of, of wanting to provide students with analytical skills and be able to combine it with the leadership and business skills that they would need. And so, you know, as that program continued to grow over the last several years, it evolved and kind of branched also into our full-time MS business analytics mm. program. So now uh, we carry both of them. They are both really successful programs. So started with this need several years ago and the feedback that we got from employers, industry, professionals, alums, and has now grown into two um, really successful programs. That's great. It's interesting that in this particular case, the online came first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the yeah. online and part-time came first and the full-time followed. Yeah. Is AI becoming a more important part in the curriculum? I, I find it fascinating that it's a program that really seems to combine left yeah. brain, right brain, and that you're, you're, it's highly statistical and quantitative, but it also is very much about communications. And, and with all the publicity about, you know, 
uh, ChatGPT, AI, et cetera, mm-hmm. is it becoming a more important part of the program? Either I, part. I don't know that it's a more important part, but it's certainly, it's an integral part of it. We wouldn't be CMU if it wasn't something, you know, something that was a part of our program. And so I think the lens that our, that our curriculum is taught from, even something like a communication class is all taught from this analytical lens, which of course lends itself to AI, to machine learning. You know, when we talk about, you know, this intelligent future, this background that I have, we talk about data informed, but human decisions. So, you know, data can't make decisions, but it's such an important part of it. So it's data informed, but in, it's the human part of it. And so AI, it, it's like you just mentioned, it's this really unique combination of AI and the improvements that we can make, but we still need the human piece of it. And that's what I think our program is really good at. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. What distinguishes CMU Tepper's master's in business program from other VA programs? And what do the two programs, the online and offline, have in common? Yeah. Well, you have to distinguish first. So I'll go with that first is the, the model, the business analytics model or analytics has existed at Tepper. And so I think what sets our program apart is our, is our parent school, is the Tepper School of Business. This is something that, you know, we've been at the forefront of analytical decision-making. It's been the, the type of curriculum that we have, that we're not a case-based school. Cases have a, have a, have a place for sure, but we are, you know, we are founded in making decisions based off of data. And so when the business analytics program was formed, it was formed with under that parent, you know, kind of guidance, I guess, for lack of a better, a better term of, um, you know, we've done this before. And specifically when we first started with the online program, our, our part-time online MBA has existed for years and years and is consistently ranked in the top MBA program. So from a delivery of the program, from a content, from the curriculum, being a sister program at the Tepper School with, with the MBA program, that's, I think, what sets it apart is this business analytics has become this hot topic and, and very well it should, but it's something that has existed at the Tepper School in the MBA curriculum for, for quite some time. And so we formalized that and, and of course have, have evolved it or else why would we have a different program than the MBA? But the concepts, the structure, the faculty who are teaching in the program, that's all been really well established just at the Tepper School in general. All right. And so that was what distinguishes what do the two programs have in common? Right. And so what do they have in common is just that it's the exact same curriculum. And so a question that I get a lot in admissions is, will my diploma say part-time? Will my diploma say online? What will my, the diploma says Carnegie Mellon Tepper School, Master's of Science and Business Analytics. And because the graduation requirements are the same, the faculty teaching in the full-time uh, on-campus program are the exact same faculty teaching in the part-time program. So there is, the only difference is in the delivery of the program and the time it takes to complete it. And so because of that, there's no, yeah, there's no differences between the two. It's an MSBA from Tepper, no matter how you earn it. No asterisks. No asterisks. Nope. (laughs) What are some of the problems or projects that MSBA students have tackled? Anything particularly memorable? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to go in a, in a single conversation window without saying COVID. Um, It's the the world (laughs) we all live in. Um, So of course I'm going to go there, but, but 
from a from a from the business school perspective and from our business analytics perspective, our students have had some really unique opportunities to, you know, we call them capstone projects or hands-on experiential learning, those sorts of things that they've been able to work towards a specific goal. Maybe it's working with, you know, our students have worked with Campbell's Soup before and forecasting, you know, when everybody went home from uh, or, you know, was sent home for two weeks in March of 2020, but then it turned into this long-term forecasting how many people are, are really having soup over their lunch break anymore when really it was a throw it in your lunchbox, bring it, you know, bring it to work. But then suddenly these issues start. So our students are working on those hands-on trying to forecast, okay, some folks are returning to work, some are in this hybrid environment. How do we forecast the needs and the supply? Um, so we're working with bigger, larger organizations, but also smaller private organizations. You know, blood donors dropped during COVID. And so working with, you know, private organizations to stabilize, you know, just even the don't, you know, something like blood donors and and to get a predictable model of how do we stabilize getting our getting our donorship back. And so it's these wide ranging projects, but they're, you know, they've, they've been some really unique opportunities to be part of some really good things of, of you know, helping companies, you know, get through this, this pandemic and, and things like that. They've had some really hands-on experiences that have, are really fascinating. It sounds it, that's for sure. Now, I think you have the, the residential component, access. it's a nine months program, right? And yeah. then you have the, the part-time yeah. uh, online program. Is there a residential component to the online program and do the two programs ever meet? Yeah. So just from the nature of our building, so the Tepper Quad is the home of the Tepper School of Business. There's certainly an opportunity, but there's no official overlap as in everybody's all together for this one reason or not. So for the for the 18 months, the online program, there is no required on-campus component. So you can do the entire program um, online. Certainly, though, campus is always open. There are there are opportunities. We call them um, immersion weekends. And so there's not an academic component to it. But at, at certain times throughout the year, it aligns with the curriculum. There are these immersion weekends where student uh, online students can come to campus. They spend Thursday night through Sunday morning. They might be meeting with their career counselor. They might be doing a leadership workshop. They might be doing some networking. And so there's some really unique opportunities to come to campus, but not every student. We have some international students who maybe can't travel. Um, so there is no ac required academic component to those weekends. Um, but they do have the opportunity to come here, you know, be with their classmates. They're with their classmates online, you know, Monday through Thursday. Um, right. But really, the opportunity to to you know be in the same room together. So there is that opportunity for the online program. And are the classes for the online program on the weekend or evenings or is they it are asynchronous, the asynchronous, yeah. synchronous? Both. Is yeah, so both. Okay. We're a good blend. So we are both synchronous and asynchronous. I'd say it's probably about 80-20 of synchronous and like it's mostly synchronous. So if our students log in and so classes are Monday through Thursday, no Tepper student ever has classes on a Friday, but Fridays tend to be their busiest day. It's group work, it's recruiting, it's, you know, it's catching up. But Classes are in the evenings, Monday through Thursday. There are typically two sections offered. Um, usually it's like a six to eight and an eight to 10, or there's, you know, so it's the exact same class, but two different sections. And so they they have the option to, to um, not the option, they have the ability to go to those classes. And um, it's it roughly shakes out to an East Coast time and a West Coast time, but you, don't have, to, you don't have to live <laughs> in Pittsburgh to go to the eight o'clock yeah. time zone if, if, right. if it's better for work. So what we've done is, 
you know, most of the students in our online program are working professionals. And so maybe they have a stable work schedule. Some might be traveling, some might be have later hours. And so if they're logging into a class, we want it to be worth their while, right? So we want them to have interaction with their professor. They, we want them to interact with their teammates. So there's going to be projects. So, you know, they're not logging into a live class and um, taking a final or, or something like that. So the asynchronous classes, which they know in advance, can be, you know, watch this video, react to the prompt or, or things like that. So if they're coming to the synchronous classes, they're, they're, really, um, they're really beneficial. Got it. Got it. What kind of academic background are you looking for in applicants to these programs? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a question that another question that it's probably my second most asked question. <laughs> sure, uh, it's a very so, frequently asked question. <laughs> so we are um, because, you know, so so as I mentioned, we're an analytical program, we're a quantitative program. Um, it's kind of like a, a t you know, double-edged where we celebrate that. And we're really proud and we're really proud of the curriculum we have. But then I think it we kind of push back a little bit that it doesn't mean one size doesn't fit all, you know, one one undergrad major, one course preparation. And so what we do look for, though, is aptitude. So, you you know, we want you to be able to come into our program and be academically successful. You're going to have quantitative classes. You're going to have some programming classes. You're, you know, you're going to have these analytical classes. So have you seen programming before? It doesn't mean you have to be this expert coder, coder in R and Python, but you know, have you, have, you know, are you familiar with it? Have you maybe taken some Coursera courses? So, you know, there are backgrounds I think that naturally fit. A lot of engineers are naturally attracted to Tepper. Maybe it's software engineers, you know, computer scientists, but it's more about the types of classes that you've taken. So have you seen some more high level math classes? Have you seen some programming courses? Doesn't mean you had to have majored in it, but just so that you can transition into, you know, your very first semester, you're taking probability and statistics, which uses R. And, and so it's more about the aptitude. So we, we look really, we dig really deeply into applications. So yes, you're an e economics major, but I'm going to dig into your transcript and see what classes have you taken? Have you, you know, what have you done in your work? Do you have any certifications? Is there anything or, or what is there that lets me think, yeah, you can come here and you can be successful in the program, knowing there's resources and there's always, there's always going to be help, but What's the aptitude that you have? So sure, experience with technical skills, but it's not a requirement. All right. So if like I was a political science major as an yeah. undergrad and I took the minimum amount of math that I yeah. had to take, if I were to wake up one morning and I was a lot younger and I decided <laughs> and I decided I wanted to go into get a master's in business analytics, you would advise me to take some statistical classes, some quantitative classes, get make sure and, and probably some programming classes, either at my local community college or extension or Coursera or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly right. Spoken from an English major, like you when you intro me. So um, I, took the, I took the minimum to graduate, moved and moved out of that school. Um, right. So yeah, and so what I would say is, you don't have to send me, a, you know, a transcript from Carnegie Mellon that says you got an A. There are other ways to show it, but I'd say, hey, here's what you're going to see in your first in your first semester. Here's what you're going to see in your first year. What let's talk about some things that can prepare you for that. So it's more of a conversation. Folks are always welcome to give our office a call. We can't go through an application and say this will get you in, this will not get you in. You know, you 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 understand that. But we can say, hey, you know, I, I would really love to see you, you know, 
go take an online computer science course and, and get a little more pro familiar with these basic programming languages or go audit a calc course or a linear algebra course or something like that. You know, or write me an optional essay in your application that says, hey, I don't have these formal classes. I was a political science major, but here's what I've been doing in my work since. I'm using Tableau. I'm, you know, I'm doing these different things. I'm building these really complex reports and work. I'm self-taught, but I've got the skill set. I wouldn't know that if you didn't put it in your optional essay, but once I read it, that, that'll prepare you sometimes even better than a class that you took 10 years ago. Sure, sure. What about experience? Okay, so we've talked about academic background. What about experiential yeah. background? Yeah. Uh, it seems like the online program is a little bit more geared towards those people with full-time work experience and the full-time program, the in-residence program is, is more of a pre-experience program. Yeah. Could you dive into that a little bit? Sure, and you're exactly right, Linda. So again, it's kind of a the evolution of the program. So when we began, and it's our part-time online program, and it has really grown, you know, year to year, we've got, you know, about 50 students in it each year, which is what we think, I think is a really healthy number. A lot of those folks kind of see the need for business analytics in their current company, and they want to use the degree to move on to more senior roles, or, you know, are maybe making an industry shift, but they want, but it's, it, they kind of want to take the skill set and and use it to move into become that subject matter expert because become the analytics expert in their company be you know get that promotion re, you know reach that next senior level when the pre when the full time program launched and and it's more pre professional that was feedback from employers saying okay here's here's kind of the types of jobs and, and perhaps we'll talk about that but the types of jobs we see are more for folks who are just going to start out in the industry. So they're pre-professional. Maybe you've had a couple analytics internships or you've got a year or two as a, you know, as a data analyst or something like that. But the, you know, given the curriculum and the recruiters that we're talking to are saying, yeah, you know, you're going to be highly employable, but you're going to be, it's not going to be that I'm already established at this company and I just want to, I want to move into a more senior position. It's going to be, I'm just starting out in the industry. I know I'm going to, I've got this really, really desired skill set. And, and that's going to help me really get kind of break into this, this new industry. For the pre-professional program, do you like to see relevant internships? I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I would, yeah, I do. Um, and I think too is it's natural, right? So whether right. it's an internship in banking, whether it's in it, so, you know, do we, are we looking for quants? Are we looking for, you know, data analysts? Not specifically. We've seen folks who've had internships in investment banking. We've seen folks who've had internships. One of my favorite, um, you know, applicants interned at Disney, but was doing some, some analytical work at Disney. And so yeah. I think it can, it can go across industries, but you know, versus me to keep using myself as an example, I interned at a library. I did nothing with <laughs> analytics. I loved it, but I, but I probably, I probably don't have the relevant internship experience, you know, <laughs> to be looking for is my, is at my time at my local library. Um, so, right, right. so while we're not picky or we're not, you know, just kind of like, well, you weren't in, you weren't working at a SaaS company or you weren't doing something like that. It's not that it's more of, well, that, that seemed like it was a really impactful or you returned for two summers, you know, you interned the summer of your junior year, you returned the next year. That obviously means that you were that your work, you know, that your performance was was well received. So that's a good indicator of, of potentially how you recruit and how you interview. So there's different ways to do it. But yeah, seeing those relevant internships helps. OK, all right, fine. Now, I'm going to guess that occasionally a student struggles in the MSBA program, right? Yeah. Um, do you know why they struggled? Is there any pattern that would yeah. help you, I guess, not admit people who, who struggle? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a completely fair question. And, and it's a reality and we, we have support. We have our academic office, our program office. I think there's a couple different things is for our part-timers is time and the, and the time commitment. You know, it's, it's an extra 20 hours a week on top of most likely your full-time job, maybe a family, maybe, you know, all sorts of things. And so I think it's just being, it's being realistic. And I think you can, it can it's not about intelligence. You know, the, the folks that are applying to our program are all super, super bright but maybe they have, they're not used to spending 20, 20 additional hours when you're an undergrad and that's your whole world. Maybe that's what you can devote to it. But when you're juggling different, you know, real, you know, adult experiences to add on 20 additional hours. And so I think it's, it's through, it's our job in admissions through whether it's the admissions interview, whether it's just the materials, whether it's just phone calls I have with somebody who's interested in the program to say like, Hey, you're going to get a lot of support here and you're really bright but I need you to know too, you're going to have to put in some work and, and it's not a, it's not a light program. It's not, you know, yeah. you hear, like we talked about, you hear part-time, you see online, it's a lot of work and, but you know, it's 18 months and then you've done it and, <laughs> and you've got the degree and you've moved on. So I think it's just being really intentional and we try in our office to be really authentic and, and to say like, Hey, we really want you to be a part of our program. Let's have a conversation, but I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to have to put in some work to be successful in this program. And, you know, the full-time classes in it's we're, we're recruiting or doing admissions right now for the second cohort. So less data, you know, from a Tepper standpoint, less data, uh, you know, but just, I think, but the, the sentiment kind of remains the same of, this is the big leagues. Like this is the master's program. Yeah. You know, you, you can do really well in an undergrad, but you're going into a master's program now and, you know, and you are um, living on your own and doing those sorts of things. So I think it's, again, it's being upfront with candidates, whether on our website, whether in one-on-one -on -one conversations of saying like, we are going to support you to the, to, to the nth degree. And we need, we need to see some, you know, we need to see some on your end too. Sure. Okay. Great answer. Thank you. Yeah. Let's, let's move into the admissions realm. Okay. Sure. Can you describe the application process for the MSBA? Yeah, I sure can. And it's exactly the same. So we've done, I've talked a little bit of like, well, for online, it's this for full-time, it's this same application. You literally just select which program that you're applying for. So it's a pretty standard application process, Linda. It only takes about 30 minutes from start to finish. And I always joke that the reason I know that is I made my little sister submit an application and time it. <laughs> so as any good big sister, I was like, hey, I need a, I need a neutral party to tell me like, what are the what are the roadblocks in our application? So I made my little sister do it. So it takes about thirty <laughs> minutes um, from start. That doesn't that doesn't account for um, you know selecting your two recommenders, and I'll I can talk about that in a second. But start to finish, from as far as like all the data you're providing, the information, plugging in your academics, thirty minutes. So like most places, we're gonna ask for transcripts. We're gonna ask for two letters of recommendation. We use an internal form. It's not a free form letter. Um, but two, they can be academic or they can be professional. We've got a short answer question as far as, and a video essay, which is new to this year and is actually um, really, really helped on the admission review side because it gets candidates in front of us sooner. We can, we see their presence. We can, you know, hear about their goals. So we really, really like that addition we've had. And so it's an on, entirely online application. It can be started and stopped at any time. So it auto saves. So you can start it out of curiosity one night um, and then finish it, you know, a couple nights later. So it'll, it'll always be there for you. So we've tried to make it as straightforward as possible and, you know, as painless as we can. 
So all the standard things, transcripts, a resume, two letters of recommendation. We do have a test waiver uh, policy. So we're not test op, like it's not like you can tell me yes, no for a test, but you submit a simple essay saying, hey, here's why I, I think I can apply in lieu of the GMAT or the GRE. And we review that and let folks know. And then we review applications. All right. Sounds good. In terms of the test waiver, do they have to submit the test waiver you know, so many weeks before the deadline or, or how does that work? Nope. Just part of the application. And so okay. then, uh, so we've got an upcoming application deadline. So within 10 business, 10 days, within 10 business days after that deadline, we let folks know, and it's not a yes, you're in, no, you're not in, but it's a, Hey, we gave you a waiver. It's not an indicator of admission. It's an indicator that you've provided enough evidence that, that you don't need mm -hmm. to submit the GMAT or the GRE, or, Hey, we need you to either give us a test or go take the GMAT or the GRE let us know the time frame that you might do it. So if somebody's not granted a waiver, it's not the end of the road for them. There's just some more steps. Um, sometimes folks have a test score and they're able to provide it to us. Others need a little bit of time to, to study for it. They might push their application to a later round, um, which is completely fine with us. Okay, great. Now the essay question asks about your, quote, your objective in pursuing the MSBA. Yeah. And CMU also asked for up to up to the two minute video, yeah. which you mentioned, which asked them to discuss your post MSBA goals. Yeah. Now, some applicants may feel that the questions are duplicative. Mm -hmm. Can you provide guidance on how to make the most yeah. of each question? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So I think. I think it might actually be a little too much, honestly. <laughs> um, and maybe we need to wordsmith that a little bit. I guess bit. your little sister didn't catch that one, huh? <laughs> no, so um, I think um, what we see a lot with the written essay question is folks saying, here's why now. Here's why I'm one year out of undergrad or I'm or if I'm, you know, part-time, I'm 10 years out of undergrad. My, you know, I've had conversations with my supervisors. And so it's more of that of, and so, you know, perhaps it's better to frame it as what's your motivation to pursue an MSBA at this time. Okay. And so, and, and I think that that's driven by where you are professionally, where you, you know, where you are in your, your life. And so to say, you know, okay, I'm a recent graduate and I know that business analytics is the hot, is the hot item right now. You know, I almost came to see, we get a lot of folks of, I wanted to come to CMU for undergrad and now I have this opportunity. So I think the written essay is more asking for what's your motivation at this point to apply. The video essay, we worked, we worked really closely in partnership with our master's career center. It's the same essay that we ask our MBA uh, candidates as well of talk us through your goals. Of course, you know, with MSBA, it's likely I'm going to move into an analyst role. I'm going to, I'm going to work for this company, but the thought that goes into it of thinking through, here's some companies that I think I might want to work for. We don't specifically ask a plan B, but we give some guidance on, you know, maybe share a plan B, show kind of the, the pencil versus pen argument. Um, and so the video essay is the opportunity to say, let me talk to you about my goals and talk to you about the companies and why I think I'm interested in that but I'm also open to knowing, you know, it might take me a couple steps before I reach maybe my 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 top company. So it's more long term. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's more encompassing. But maybe we'll maybe we'll do some uh, updating of those words, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What can an interview expect? An interviewee yeah. expect if lucky enough to be invited yeah. to interview? Yeah. So you're exactly right. Our our interviews are by invitation only. We don't have the capacity to interview everyone. So we do a pretty nice 30 minute interview. It's conducted by a member of the admissions team. So myself or any of my colleagues uh, who are admission officers, 
It's a behavioral style interview. So a lot of tell me about a time when, give me an example. So we always recommend candidates brush up on the star technique, you know, the situation, the task, the action, and the result. It just helps to keep answers succinct. Um, but I think too is um, we're very conversational. So of course we have a goal of the interview. We're trying to assess kind of fit for the program, but it's not meant to be a test. You know, so how I am today is how I am in an interview. So I like to be, you know, I want to get to know these these folks. So because our interviewers are they're figuring out if they want to come just as much as we're trying to sure. assess it if if they will be. So I would say be prepared with maybe three to five specific examples at work about leadership, about teamwork, about um, you know, a time you were challenged, things like that, and and allow the interviewer to lead. So 30 minutes flies by. We've got, you know, we've got things we need to get through, um, but there's always time for questions at the end. So it's 30 minutes, allow your interviewer to lead, but ask one or two questions at the end that you can't really see on the website. I've had folks, Linda, ask me about my thesis from my master's degree because it's on my LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't even remember my thesis from my master's degree. <laughs> But it has shown me that they've taken the time um, to, to just dig a little bit deeper than the website. Or, you know, I've been at Tupper a long time. I've been here nine years. The, my favorite right. question to answer is the growth that I've seen or, or where I see the program headed. That to me shows this, you know, this candidate is really being thoughtful about, you know, the questions they're asking instead of like, what's the tuition or, or something that's easily accessible on the website. Of course, right. Now, when this show airs, there will be still two rounds available for this application cycle. Yeah. March 26th and May 7th are the upcoming, or will be the upcoming yeah. deadlines yeah. at that point. Is an applicant at a disadvantage if they apply in these later rounds? And are they better off waiting until next year? Yeah, totally fair question. Absolutely not at a disadvantage. Um, so we've got the four formal rounds for for you know a reason. We don't have our fingers crossed behind our back. And so if you're a competitive applicant in round one, you're a competitive applicant in round three. We don't have a cap of the program that we're trying to hit. We especially as this program is growing, we want the folks in the program who are of course going to be academically successful and be able to get the jobs that they want but who are going to be good contributors to the classroom, that are going to be team players, that are going to be leaders. And so sometimes those folks don't apply until round three or, till, or until round four. And so absolutely not at a disadvantage. The only, not ca even caveat that I add is if it, you're an international student, the reason we recommend earlier is because of the visa process. So have we, did we admit folks last year in the later rounds and did they get visas? Yes, but that's a process out of our hands. And so my recommendation for an international student would be earlier, but absolutely you can apply in a later round. You just have a little bit less time to get your visa if you're admitted. Okay, great. Another question, this isn't, this is kind of going back to, I think something yeah. we touched on earlier, but how does the MSBA differ from an MBA with a focus on analytics or a master's in management with a focus on analytics? Yeah, so there's a couple, there's kind of two simple ways. And so the first is it's more technical. Okay. So even if the, um, and it's more applied. And so what I mean by that is it's a lot of you know, business classes, but it's business classes taught with the lens of analytics. And so I think I referenced it before, but I, I always think of our communication class, you know, they're, they're all taught with this eye towards being analytics professionals. So in a communications class, they focus on the science of storytelling and using data to do storytelling. And so it's a communication class by nature, but it's with an analytic lens. And so some of our core classes at the business school 
aren't even taught as electives for the MBA program because they're all specifically looking more towards that analytics lens. Um, and so that's the first. And then it's just the application, like how do you apply analytics? It's one thing to learn about it, but then the application of it in these experiential learning courses to be able to say, okay, you know, here's this industry, here's how we're going to apply analytics to it. So it's in kind of the um, application and then just being more technical overall. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now you touched on this earlier also, but maybe we can dive a little bit deeper into it. What jobs are graduates of the programs getting and how does CMU Tepper help them find those jobs? Are you seeing on-campus recruiting coming back to Carnegie Mellon? Yeah, we are. And it's it's really interesting, Linda. So um, just recently, the admissions office moved and we combined with our master's career center in one suite. And it's been really, really exciting because it's almost like the front end with admissions where, you know, we're the yeah. folks kind of talking and then to see the the end. But, you know, we're seeing these the recruiters who are coming in, you know, we've got a shared lobby space. So that's just my my kind of, you know, silly anecdote. But um, so, yeah, so recruiters are coming to campus. And so we're in our first cohort of M- a full-time MSBA who are recruiting, you know, they're in the process of getting offers. And so we're still kind of waiting and seeing what type of, you know, what type of jobs. Certainly our prediction is they're going to get, you know, early career analytics jobs. They're going to get business or data analytics, jo- analytics jobs. Our part-timers, I think, are getting promotions. They're moving into more senior analyst roles within their companies. Um, But with these full-time folks, I think we are seeing that. But the support that they get is kind of twofold. They get support from the Tepper Master's Career Center. So they get one-on-one coaching from the Career Center. They get resume reviews. They get mock interviews. They get all of these things in addition to at the Carnegie Mellon Career Center level. And so they're able to work with just the large, both the Tepper Career Center and the larger Carnegie Mellon Career Center with access to career fairs that happen at Carnegie Mellon, specific analytic career fairs that are happening. And so the levels of support are are quite robust um, from one-on-one coaching all the way up to, you know, kind of unique access to Carnegie Mellon analytic career fairs. And does is the part-time program have also have access to the career center or they just do. the full-time? Yep. They do. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. They do. They've got the one-on-one coaching. They've got the, they've got the, um, the access to recruiters. So I, by no means does a part-time, a part-timer can formally recruit. They can, they do not have to come or they do not have to only come to the program if they're looking to stay at their company. They absolutely can recruit. Their resume becomes part of Tepper's resume book. So, you know, as, as different, you know, Carnegie, we've got partnerships with over, you know, 200 recruiting partners who are coming and recruiting, they get a Tepper resume book. Um, And so even our MSBA students, their resumes are part of this, of this resume book that employers can access. Okay, great. Now, what about applicants who are planning ahead for next fall? They're not going to apply this cycle. Yeah. Uh, How can they prepare to apply successfully? I mean, would that go back pretty much to the doing the internships, demonstrating the aptitude if they don't have the classes? I mean, what, what would you recommend? Yeah, I recommend all of that. I think those are excellent points, Linda. And I think too is to try and connect with a community as well. And so we've got student ambassadors. And so it's it's on our website of folks who are current students in the program who don't report their conversations back to admissions. So they you can have these conversations of what is life like, what's the class word, you know, what how can I prepare? 
They also, though, don't have a bearing on admission. So for, you know, so they're truly just kind of neutral conversations, but they're really great because they're living it and they're breathing the program. And so talk with a student ambassador. We're probably in the next couple of weeks going to get some campus visits up and running. And so those will go throughout the spring, throughout the summer. And so to come to campus, eat lunch with the MSBA students. If you're if you're a part-time student who can't get to campus, we've got class visits. We've got our online class visits. They're live they're live Tepper classes. You're kind of a fly on the wall, um, but you can see the interaction between faculty and students, between classmates. And so in addition to kind of taking that objective look at, okay, are there any classes maybe I could take or I could audit? You know, if you're a college senior and you're, I guess you're in probably your spring semester, but maybe there's an opportunity to tack on a class. So of course there's that, but I think the, set, the kind of in addition to that is how do I really learn more about my fit with this community? Whether it's the nine month full-time or the 18 month part-time, it's a quick program, but you still want, it's gonna make a lasting impact. And so you wanna make sure that this is the right place for me. And so take advantage of the resources that we provide to immerse yourself in Tepper. Sounds great. What question would you like to answer that I haven't asked? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a great question. I think it would be, <laughs> Um, I don't have the background you've talked about. Can I come to Tepper? And so I talked about that a little bit, but the answer is, I don't know if you can come. I don't know. It's a holistic application review. Can you apply and should you apply? Absolutely. Do not count yourself out because I think I'm, I'm very much like a list maker. Like I have this check. I have this check. I can go, okay, now I can go apply to Tepper. It is holistic. I, I, we don't have our fingers crossed behind our back of, yes, we talked about aptitude. I don't, I don't mean to repeat myself, but I don't want folks to count themselves out of this program because there is no one set recipe for admission. And so what if I'm not an engineer? What if I don't have this class? What if I don't have that? Well, then let's have a conversation and let's talk about what you do have. And, and what can help make you be successful? My answer might be, or my suggestion might be, hey, you might need to go take a class or two just so that you get here and you can be successful. My answer is not gonna be, don't talk to me. Don't, you know, get it, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't apply. We pride ourselves on, on being this really approachable. We wanna talk to folks. We wanna share more about the program. We're trying to grow our program, both of them, whether the part, you know, the part-time's been around several more years, we always wanna move and grow forward. We, if we had the same people applying, we, we can't get diverse thought, we can't get diverse backgrounds, and, and that doesn't make for an enriching program. So should I apply to your program if I don't, you know, meet the certain mold? Absolutely. And if you're not sure about it, give us a call and we'll talk about it. And you'll give them some advice as to what they can yeah, do to prepare themselves. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, Carrie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed learning about Samu Tepper's two flavors of MSBA programs, and it's not chocolate and vanilla. It's right. <laughs> online, offline, full-time, part-time. Listener, you'll find links in the show notes at accepted.com slash 510 to both of Samu Tepper's MSBA programs. I also want to encourage you, listener, to download Five Fatal Flaws to Avoid in your grad school statement of purpose. You can find it at accepted.com slash 510 download or by going to the show notes at accepted.com slash 510 and clicking on the link where you'll also find links to CMU Tepper's MSBA programs. And you'll find other 
other relevant resources and links. Listener, thank you too for tuning into this, our 510th episode. If you find this show helpful, subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcatcher you prefer. You can find subscribe links at, you guessed it, accepted.com slash 510. This is Mission Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week. 